0: We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective, moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project.
1: Today I have the one and only Camille Thurman in the studio. Man, I'm so excited to talk to her and and delve into the complexities of being a successful artist, being a successful female artist of color anyway camille is probably one of the most loving and the most caring people that i know her artistry is beyond anything man it's, it's just it's just frankly it's just amazing how how good she is her vocal cap- capabilities her playing everything is on point you know so you guys please help me welcome camille thurman to the working artist project hey <laughs> <laughs> Camille's like super bad super woman travel all over the world doing her thing but anyway I want to start off just with the first question I want to ask you is it's about unity and power okay you know like what does unity power and love mean to you and how do you bring that out in your music
0: mm, unity power and love that's the only way we can survive man mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean we have to come together and, and 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 work together towards making the society better but then also making ourselves better, uplifting each other and power. I mean, there's this this a beautiful energy that, you know, comes when people put their mind to something and come together and making it become a, more than just a dream, or more than just a thought, making mm. it into a reality. Oh yeah, love. Oh yeah, we need a lot of love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe as a musicians, that's that's our number one job to to, to spread that mm. love with everybody we we interact with because there's there's so much going on in the world and we we need to uplift each other with that love. Um, the music is, is powerful in, in healing and right, right, touching right. people. I was just talking with one of my mentors Antoine Roney and he was like, you know, as musicians we are spiritual people right. we, we transcend situations and everything and our music is able to go beyond those things and touch and heal people so regardless of whether we know your business or we speak the same language or we yeah. know you at all That music is able to come through through us and heal and touch people. So that's our job. It's it's life.
1: Yeah. So I know sometimes like women are put in, you know, awkward situations where they're asked to like dress a certain way or be a certain person that they may not be. Mm. Like, how do you deal with that kind of thing?
0: Well... The first thing is you you always want to present yourself in a way that you know deep down in your heart you're comfortable with and that you can, at the end of the day, go to sleep. Um, When I first was putting this together, um, I felt like, okay, I'm a woman, play saxophone. I have to look like, you know, like this. I want to be girly. Like, I remember when I first started playing, my biggest concern was being girly enough. Like, am I girly enough? Because I'm a girly. I'm a girly, girly girl. But I play the tenor. And I want to be girly, but I don't want this to take away from who I am. Right. And I had a hard time as a teen and a, a young adult figuring out that balance. Like, you don't have to dress a certain way to get attention. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you don't have to dumb down who you are to divert attention from what you think people are going to be focusing on. I think the most biggest lesson that you have to learn and developing as a person is being comfortable with yourself and knowing at the end of the day, there's nothing that anybody can say in regards to how you look, how you're dressing, how you're carrying yourself, what you're looking like, what you're, what kind of message or image you're putting off. You have to be comfortable with your own skin. Um, I was very fortunate to have uh, mentors pull me aside and tell me that, say, hey, you know, heels are nice, they're cool. But, sweetie, your music matters more. Right. Okay? You don't have to. If you, if you want to straighten your hair, that's cool. But you can wear your hair naturally, too. And that's just as beautiful. Or, okay, you want to wear heels? That's cool. But, you know, you don't have to always come out on stage in four-inch heels. If that's what you want to do, that's great. If that's what you don't want to do, you don't have to. You can come out and be comfortable. Look at the people that have done this before you. Like I, I used to be in love with Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughn because they looked so beautiful. And the irony is is that when I read about their you know, their documentaries and whatnot, or watched the documentaries and read their books, they didn't think that. They had their own issues with that. And that spoke so much to me because sometimes when you're doing uh doing something or going on a path that's not commonly followed or is popular, you have to face being able to stand your ground. And despite whatever people are saying or putting on you to do, you have to be able to to be comfortable with yourself and be able to say, look, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to present myself. And I'm not going to pressure myself into being something I'm not. I'm not going to pressure myself into feeling like there's something missing about me because everything that I need is right here. And for me, when I first started out, I kind of, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to look this way. Maybe I need to look that way. But the more that I've been doing this, I've been starting to kind of find myself as a woman and realize, you know, there's people and there's young girls that look at you. And when you talk to people, you want them to respect you, one, as a person, two, for your music. Three, you can be beautiful and not have to sell yourself in the process. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: there it is. Like in recent events, we you know just a few days ago we had <sighs> we had the <laughs> we had the woman's march. Yes. In, in protest of mm-hmm. uh, you know you know who. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how what are you doing uh, in your life to move that 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 movement forward?
0: Well, personally, any and every time I I get to work with students or with other musicians, I I try my best to reach out. If I see some females playing, I try to make it initiative before I leave Mm. to talk to them, see what's going on with them, what's happening in their world, and seeing if there's any way that I could be of service or assistance to them because I understand as a woman, um, whether it's playing music or or being a scientist or whatever, it takes it takes a community of, of of people to uplift and push. And I was very fortunate to have that through my mentors like Tia Roper, um, Tia Fuller, Mimi Jones, but then also male mentors like Antoine Roney, George Coleman, Bill Saxton, Bruce Williams, Abraham Burton. And if I can talk to a young girl and give them the same encouragement. And um, help that I received, it's it helps with being able to to make one more, you right, know, right, right. to to be um to to be a positive experience on their life and hopefully give them the hope and courage to keep going forward.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, the one thing that I was very curious about after seeing all the support from from everybody, it seems, mm-hmm. uh, who are of like mind. The other day is why does it have to something drastic have to happen before we come together? You know what i mean what Why can't we capture that spirit on a daily basis?
0: That's such a great question. Um,
1: I know you have the answer
0: <laughs> i'm I'm still figuring out that answer myself. I think any and every opportunity that you have, whether it's on stage playing or off the stage, mm-hmm. just amongst your community. I think it takes awareness, it takes sensitivity, and it also takes um, the initiative to make it a priority to be like, hey, I'm just as much of a solution in this problem, just like the people before me and the people that are coming after me. So I have to make it an effort to be that change, be that positive solution, don't Try, try not to make the same regular, you know, mistakes that we kind of take for granted every day. Mm-hmm. And when I get to travel, sometimes um, we'll do workshops. And I remember seeing all these girls playing horns. Oh, you play like saxophone. were right? playing saxophones, trombones, oh, cool. bass. And I wanted to talk to them and I was like, hey, whatever you do, make sure you continue doing this because this is the best thing you could do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the reason why I told them that was because that's what was fostered to me when I was coming up from from male and female role models. Because they made initiative to see, hey, look, you know, there's not that much of this going on with people that look like you. But you need to keep going because we are here and we support you and you you need to continue to make this happen so the next pe- person can come through and make this happen. And mm-hmm. it can be a chain effect. I think. That might be the key in answering to your question. Just all of us taking that responsibility
1: to support one another, to
0: support on. and be aware and, and and push. I mean, I think that's the most important thing in the world that you can do, especially for a young person. You, you don't know what situation they're coming from. They might not ever even know that the possibility exists until you actually take a second to tell them, "Hey, it does exist." Right.
1: With with that being said, it seems like sometimes people are lacking like integrity in in today's society like why do you think that is
0: well we're in a society right now where it's me 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 me. Mm-hmm. it's all about building the best social facebook page right. or the best social instagram page or letting everybody know what i'm doing how i'm looking right and all where i'm going on it's it's more emphasis on the individual and less on the community
1: see that's a good the point I listen to this this guru his name is sad guru and he mm-hmm. talks about how we are not like the 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 idea of individuality is 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 man made yeah and how we are all actually one energy we like, are get we get a little hippy dippy but <laughs> hey but you know <laughs> I feel like if we if we have of more of a collective thought process mm-hmm. then we could you know, we we wouldn't have as many problems as we do today.
0: Yeah, I think it's taking ourselves out of the situation and just looking around us and seeing what's happening. Like I was a um, a geological and environmental science major, mm-hmm. and I, I decided to do that because I just love nature. So you didn't
1: and... major in saxophone. No, you hear that, people? <laughs> you don't have to major in music. You don't, you don't. have to major in dance. You
0: don't. <laughs> Some of the greatest musicians learn from. The school of the streets. (laughs) I was a a
1: marketing major in college, you know. See? There it is.
0: And you can always use it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I majored in science, and the reason why I did was because in earth science, in in order to understand the world around you, you have to look at the pieces in front of you. Mm. You have to look at the pieces underneath you, above you. You have to be aware of everything that's around you and take that into account and in piecing together what it is that you see and how the story is unfolding And what happened before And mm-hmm. what's continuing to happen Into the future And it's the same thing with people Like we have to take A, a second to not focus on ourselves And take ourselves out of the situation And see what's happening socially What's happening with the climate As far as you know With, with things that are, are are being Done or processes that are changing And happening What's coming after us what's happening before us and how can we put ourselves in tune to those things and work with each other in making sure that we're creating a story that we want ourselves our children and our grandchildren to be living in and not a nightmare
1: right right, <laughs> right. no man yeah dang, man, you got all the answers man <laughs> i'm gonna just start calling you like three in the morning camille <laughs> like when i listen to your music you know like till you play or whatever, you know, from around you, I always feel like this vibe of like honesty and perseverance. <laughs> like, how do you harness that? You know, like, w- was it your mama' fault, or like, what happened?
0: Um, man, I can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just try to, I just try to be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I try my best to be as honest as possible and true to. Who I am um I grew up doing this in, a, in an interesting situation <laughs> what do you mean well um I, I was singing since I was four. I was raised in a church. my mother she sung, and she also you know directed the children's choir and I remember starting out um they would let the church would let me you know do little little um, performances and come up and okay. play. And, like on Easter?
1: Yeah, on okay. Easter
0: or whatever and have me play whatever I was playing. And there was such a support for, you know, this little girl with this big old horn that's not typically a guy's <laughs> horn. Well, that's typically a guy's horn, were, but not you, a girl's horn. Were you horn. playing
1: alto or tenor? I was it,
0: playing tenor, it, man. Wow, <laughs> Wow. Okay. And the support from the musicians and the support from the church was just so humbling and beautiful because... It didn't matter what came out of that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. They they supported me, and and I remember one time one person was like, "Yeah, just make sure you don't end up in the smoky clubs playing, you know, jazz." <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. And my mom, you know, she she did whatever she could to to get me out and explore and experience as many um, options as possible. And even like with school, she made sure that I got into a I went to Laguardia. High School or law mm-hmm. performing arts, I don't know what they call it right now, okay. but music and art aka LaGuardia high School, music mm. and performing arts okay and um once again, you know there weren't too many girls doing what we did, and not too many you know women of color, but I had to learn how to be comfortable with myself and not measure up to the standards that I saw around me or that people. Iterated to me, okay. Whether it was the stereotype of oh, if she's gonna play saxophone, she's gonna be in the smoky jazz club drinking whatever, or oh, right. okay, you're playing a guy's instrument. Are you really a woman? Oh Lord, <laughs> or, can you really <laughs> play that? Or right, right, you know right. that thing is not typically for you for for a person like you. Maybe you should pick something a little more I mean, delicate. What people, what people saying
1: that? Like, oh Yo, yeah, you, you play the flute.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: man, that's messed up.
0: I mean, in fact, I was playing the flute, but um. I switched to the saxophone because um, originally in sixth grade I wanted to play on Broadway. Oh, and okay. my mother was a teacher, and she confiscated somebody's mouthpiece, and I thought it was a sax mouthpiece, but no, I thought it was a clarinet mouthpiece. but It was actually a sax mouthpiece. Ah, okay. And my teacher was like, "If you pick up one more instrument, Thermie, I'm 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 gonna have to send you somewhere." And I was like, <laughs> "Please, I want to play on Broadway. If I could play the flute, I could play the saxophone, right?" And he was like, "Yeah," and you could play the clarinet, and he would let me go and. I'd give up my lunch periods and just be playing, figuring out instruments wow. and trying stuff out. This is like 12 years old. But I didn't care because this was what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it did kind of feel weird. Like some some girls at the time be like, you know, you're spending too much time in his room playing instruments. You sure you should be. And that's like, says who?
1: Right. Well, this, what did they want you to be doing?
0: I guess what girls typically do.
1: <laughs> what is that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, it looked like it was just standing in the corner socializing and looking cute but i wanted to play i wanted to use my hands i wanted to work my brain and you know people like peter archer and and so many other great uh teachers and mentors they gave me that space without judging me Mm. without saying no you're a woman you have to do this if this was something that i wanted to do if i wanted to go play tuba they wanted they were like sure go ahead if i wanted to Pick up my axe and, and climb a volcano and, and and figure out rocks. It was like, sure, go ahead. Right. And I never felt, as a kid, that I had to be something that everybody else was telling me to do. I was always pushed and nurtured to, if it was something I wanted to do, to go and do it. And I, I think it's a long answer, but like, no, come on. Getting back to your 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 question of it, like authenticity and honesty, yeah. I think that's where it comes from. Okay. It's it's not easy. I mean, I I have some experiences where. You know, now that I look at it, it's like, eh, whatever. But, I mean, as an adolescent teen, coming through it was a little kind of rough and yep. interesting. But those experiences, I know without a shadow of a doubt, helped to make me um, be honest. I know they've definitely humbled me
2: mm.
0: and and taught me to, to be open and to not do what was done to me, to right. others, and right. to always um, find a way to to uplift and be positive right don't 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 make society's views of who you are cause you to fall into like a little shell and, right. and, and close course. yourself out
1: yeah so everyone wants to know now <laughs> did you play on broadway or not
0: i did i did um is- last year i had the, the privilege and the honor of of working with uh, the the read section su- Shuffle Along. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a wonderful friend of mine, he he gave me the opportunity. He was like, hey, I'm leaving town. Um, are you going to be around? And I was like, sure. And in my heart, I'm like, oh my gosh, can I really do this? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, you're going to have to play clarinet and play tenor. And I'm like, okay. Right, I, right. I play it, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I never really, this is like, I mean, I've done off Broadway, but not Broadway, Broadway. And It's like the pressure is on. Yeah, but it was one of the best experiences of my life because it was like, I remember 12 years old just saying this and I didn't even know what I was saying. I just thought, well, this is just what I want to do.
1: I don't know how I'm going to do it. Right. that's how it works when you're 12 you're yeah. like I'm gonna be a jazz musician right. I'm gonna move to New York like what like, but you're from so but yeah. for everyone else who's not from here or if, like for in your case you're like I'm gonna play on Broadway and your mom's yeah. you like what like,
0: and it, it happened right but yeah and the crazy
1: thing for, for us coming you know for coming out of the Afro-American community is like there are very few examples of that so it must be very difficult to find like an African-American woman who was playing on Broadway who you could be like okay I'm gonna model myself after this so that I could get there, you just have to create it,
0: you also got to do your research too mm-hmm. and, and and find out who if if anything who who did it um, right. who who played those shows and reach out to the people that knew those people that played, mm-hmm. or even if you know you you, you you don't know, find people that you can relate to to develop a relationship and understand how to become that role like I was very fortunate um the musicians that were in in that show they were very supportive and um even though i was subbing i was very honored by the fact that they trusted me a younger musician who they they've been doing this for what 10 15 20 years bill easley he's like right. the legend <laughs> right 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 and you now this is the simple fact that they took me under their wing and said all right here's your chance
1: Get it done. Get it done. Let's see
0: what you could do. <laughs> yeah. And then to call you back after you did it. <laughs> right.
1: That's dope, man. Yeah. So, how did you feel after you accomplished that goal?
0: Oh, I couldn't even comprehend it. Because <laughs> it's like, it's one thing to say you're going to do something when you're like 10, 12 years old. Right, right. And it's another thing to do it. Right. And there's, there's I mean, I've, I've been very blessed and fortunate to do a lot of different things and experience a lot of great things. But that personally for me was just um, just amazing because mm. how can you know from just saying one little thing that twenty, almost 20 years later is going to be your reality? Right, right. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's magic.
1: Damn. <laughs> Yo, I think this is a good time for us to check out uh, one of your original pieces. Okay. Is that cool? Sure. I mean, is there a story behind this?
0: Well, when I wrote the record, um, I was trying to find a way to put together the concepts that I learned in studying earth science and and geology with life. Okay. And um, a lot of times, like when we were studying um, the compositions of rocks and the processes that happen and making it what you see in your hand... There's all kinds of things that happen, you know, from changing the physical state to, to alternate, al- altering the chemical composition to physically going through some stuff, whether it's, you know, beating against other rocks or being rained or, or being tossed around or buried or whatever. And if you think about it, life kind of works the same way, too. We are a representation of everything and anything that we've gone through, mm-hmm. the processes that, that make up who you are and who who I am and for me I wanted this record to be my this is my first record and I want it to be a representation of everything that led up to creating who I am and also it being a mark and time of this moment of okay this is everything that made me want to play and be Camille Thurman this is my first initial thumbprint of my existence and making this journey and hopefully you'll stick around
1: it is (laughs) One bad sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make me blush, man. Come on now. <laughs> so, you know, I guess people would would say that you are quite successful.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: okay. it's okay. Success is a good thing. I mean, now, I,
0: I always see see is well. One, I'm, I'm just grateful. Right. I'm, I'm very, just very thankful and grateful. To be doing what I love and for God putting me at a place and time to be able to to give that gift back. Right, right. So
1: speaking of success, like how do you define success and how do you know that you are being successful at in, in the moment?
0: That's a good question. How do you know you're being successful? Well, one thing I know is sometimes it might not feel like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because even though you can be Doing successful things, sometimes personally, um, you have to check with yourself and make sure that you're being successful in that way, too. Um, Because as musicians, our job is to share and, and, you know, spread our gift with everybody and to be the best that we can be. But we also have to make sure that personally, we're okay,
1: cool. Okay,
0: too. Right. So You got
1: to check in with yourself sometimes. Yeah.
0: So to me... Being successful is being in a place where you're able to give back what you have, but then also be able to see how others can be affected and changed and receive it. And also, you know, making sure that you're healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So that you're able to continue helping others. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's I listen- think that's successful to me. <laughs> that's a <laughs> great answer. Successful. That's a great answer. Yeah.
1: Let's listen to a little bit more of this. <laughs> super bad <laughs> so nice man so y'all can't see camille and if y'all don't know her y'all don't know this but like every time you come up on she always smiling
2: oh. <laughs>
1: we, like that i feel like you know like that's a secret weapon like because that diffuses people you know what i mean like you you can't smile at somebody and just like keep frowning it's what they can but it's rare that that happens right <laughs> so like how do you do that like how did you harness that superpower?
0: Superpower.
1: People, people need this in the world. Man.
0: Well, I I love to look at the positiveness in any and every aspect of what what we do. Everything. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. This is a gift that I've been very blessed mm-hmm. to, to be given by God. And it's my job and duty to make sure that, you know, I can bless others. And... I enjoy being able to see other people blessed right. and it's a privilege and an honor to be able to, to work with people, to communicate with them and share with them every day. So that's why I guess I smile because <laughs> I, I just love being able to, to be around people and work with people and
1: yeah.
0: hopefully make a positive difference in this world. <laughs>
1: man, your, your answers are so perfect, man. I gotta ask some tough questions. Hold on, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I know I'm curious, like, f- because you have your the, the business of music to, mm-hmm. together.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's a work in progress, man, but what, thank like, you. Like, like how do you,
1: how do you, where did you learn that? You know what I mean? And, you know, because it, it seems like some people get stuck in the rat race of New York and you kind of like being like, mm, no, I'm just, you know what I mean?
0: Well, it, it takes discipline. Um, the musician today is more than just a musician. They are the accountant. They are the web designer. They are the booker. They are the promoter. They are the manager. They are the the person that's writing the music, the composer, the transcriber, the arranger. They're the person putting together the tours. They're the person going out there and, and networking, meeting people. You have to be willing. <laughs> To be more than just that person on your instrument, mm-hmm. because especially in this day and age, there's so many people that are competing for the same thing. And the the um, the channels for getting to, I guess, what you call, quote unquote, success. Right. It's even wider now. Right. And guess how many people are trying to do the same thing as you, exactly. you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you, you have to be willing to take that initiative to have a discipline. To devote yourself to those things even if it means getting up early right. and starting your day at like 6 7 in the morning okay I'm gonna take an hour to go to the gym take care of my personal health make sure I eat right of so course. I can have some good energy for the day because all right maybe today I have two three gigs okay well in between those two and three gigs I got to get back to emails make sure I get back to people right, right. because you know if they're inquiring that's a privilege. That's a blessing. They could be talking to somebody else, but they're talking <laughs> to you. So get back to get them. Get back to them. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, or checking out on contracts. Make sure you're reading it. Making sure that everything there is legit and that you're okay with it. Because mm-hmm. once you sign it, that's it. That's it. You know, being mm-hmm. able to do the research, ask people, um, question, ask, ask mentors, reach out to friends who've done things before that you, you you're thinking about doing and, and double check with them. Check on people, mm-hmm. you know. Don't just ask people for advice and keep it moving. You know, like check and see how people are actually doing. Because I mean, as musicians we're all carrying our burdens. And even just not musicians, family. I mean, yeah. as musicians we're we're we don't get to see our family that much. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's important to be able to check in with others and see how you're doing. But then also of course making sure you got your time to practice. Practice what you need to make yourself um, strong and sustain, because there's going to be periods of time where you're not going to have those three, four, five hours to shed on what you want to shed right. because you're going to be on the road or you're yep. going to be running around doing gig to gig to gig to gig in the city and <laughs> outside of the city, too. Exactly, exactly. You're going to be traveling. You're not going to have your instrument at your hands. Learning how to work on concepts while you're driving, while you're on the plane, while you're – all these things is you, are things that you got to have. You have to work out for yourself because when you get to that stage, you got to bring your A-game. Exactly. It's more than just, okay, lights are on. Okay, bam, (laughs) I'm going to sound good. No, you got to sound good all the time. You got to sound good 3 a.m. You got to sound good at 12 p.m. You got to sound good at 10 o'clock at night. You always have to be on top of your stuff because I I think, I can't remember who said this to me, but I heard it somewhere. Um, Something about when opportunity comes, you don't want to be trying to get it together. You want to already be prepared. There it is. And your whole life is built on making sure that you are prepared, mm-hmm. that you are ready. Because when the opportunity comes, it's too late to be getting ready. If this is your life and this is what you want to do, it's your job and your duty to do it to the best of your ability. But also at the same time, take the preparation to make whatever's is necessary um, possible to happen.
1: See, Camille get just gave all that to y'all for free. <laughs> 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 That's why you gotta keep tuning into this podcast. People come over here and give it to you for free. That's crazy. I'm charging. <laughs> I'm gonna start charging, man. This is crazy. I can't do. I can't. I'm showing. <laughs> now we always talk about success, but you know we need to talk about failure too. Mm, of course. I mean? of so course. you know, I'm curious to know what your most recent failure was, and what you learned from it.
0: Hmm. There's a lot. Um, a good friend of mine, Lafreeski, said, with every success comes a story of failure. Mm. And with every story of failure, that comes success. And for me, um, it's kind of hard to say. <laughs> There's a lot of different failures. Um, I'll say one. Uh, I had an opportunity to audition for a band and it was an all-female band. And I thought I did everything I needed to do. I thought I submitted the audition tape. I thought I looked cute for the gig and everything, blah, 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 blah. I knew everybody in the band, and I didn't get the gig. Hmm. And for, like, a good two, three months, I was, like, in a, a lull, a depressed lull. Like, what happened? Right. What did I do? What did I not do? I didn't get it. I don't understand. I was supposed to get it (laughs) because everybody said, yo, you're shooing. And I didn't get it. And I had to learn that. Well, one, I didn't get it. Okay. The reason was I didn't get it because of at the time this, this person was looking to have certain musicians reflect a certain look. Okay, And for me, I took it kind of personally at first because I was like, "Well, dang, what? I'm too short, I'm too dark, <laughs> I mean, I'm too big, right, right, not too tall. What is it? You know, yeah. I could play. I could play this stuff. This is easy R and B." And I had to sit down and really, you know, tell myself like, "Look, just because a person doesn't want you mm. doesn't mean that um, everything else that you're doing up until this point doesn't matter." You have to really understand and find out what's the true reason why you're doing this. Because at the end of the day, despite whether a person wants you or not, you have to have your own reason for keeping going. And you can't let what others um, say or don't say or want or don't want about you affect your, your, your progress. Because you might be a great fit. You might not. Right. But you have to always make sure that for yourself that you are going in a direction that you need to go. Because you can take that gig and you could be the perfect fit, but it's not perfect for you. Right, exactly. And that year, I learned so much just from that little lesson because looking back now, I'm like, dang, I'm very thankful to God that I didn't take that gig yeah. because I was able to do so much for myself that I know if I took that gig,
1: you wouldn't been able to do I it?
0: wouldn't have been able to do it at all. Wow.
1: What advice can you give a, a person coming up they hmm. want the, you know, they want to be you. <sighs> They're in the trenches oh, wow. of life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, life is happening. What, what can they do to achieve the same success or greater that you have so far?
0: Well, first thing, have mentors. And even if you don't have mentors, find people that you admire and that you really look up to. Or if, if they have some type of quality in them that you really, really like, study them. Um, I was talking with some friends a few weeks ago, and we were like, man, you know, some of the greatest performers in the world were great at doing everything, like Prince, Michael. Right, right. Um, and even you could look at the greats, Sarah. Um, I just saw a documentary on Ethel Waters. How she was like a triple threat, a dancer, a singer, and one of the first black actresses. And it's people like that that you have to look for and seek because if you look at their work, their, the the work is a reflection of everything that they've done, whether it was studying music, how to play an instrument, how to sing, how to phrase, how to tell a story, how to act while you're performing, whatever the case is. I think Michael used to check out Charlie Chapman, right. which I was like, what? <laughs> right. Right. Check out Charlie Chapman. But because for him, there was a theatrical part that he felt like he could use mm-hmm. and, and and help make whatever he wanted to do better. And I would suggest with people, student, young students, do your research. Because if there's something that you want to do, nine times out of ten, there's somebody else before you that already did it. Right. And they are successful because they figured out, what works for them, and in order to know what works for you, you gotta find out and see what's out there. That's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is really devote your time to perfecting your craft and your skill. Because there's something called life. Huh. Or as my friend Jay has to say, let me tell you about life.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's something called life. And right, when life right. kicks in, you have responsibilities. Yeah. And part of resp- having responsibilities and knowing is knowing and understanding how to take care of your own stuff while life is moving and happening because it doesn't stop. So practice as much as you can. Study as much as you can. If you have the opportunity to see the great musicians that are still around or out there, that recorded with the people that you love or recorded the music that you love. Go find them, talk to them, go see their shows. You shouldn't be doing anything else but having your butt up in that that space, watching what they do, and then go talk to them afterwards. Right, right,
2: right.
0: Learn how to develop not being shy. Mm-hmm. Have some courage to talk to them and say, hey, hi, my name is so and so. They, and they might not even say anything to you. And maybe they might forget your name two, three, four, four times. But understand and learn the power of persistence, being able to say, no, this is what I want to understand. And this is what, um, I love about you, so I want to have a relationship with you so I could be able to share and understand. Um, understand what it means to give back. Because even though there's great mentors and musicians or artists or whatever it is that you're into, they're human, too. Right. They have a life. And, you know, sometimes they need that love and encouragement knowing that somebody gives a crap about them right. and not just what they do. Exactly. because sometimes you get tired sometimes you get you feel tapped out and you feel drained or you feel like people don't care and it's inspiring when a younger person coming up try, is trying to figure it out and checks on a person that's the older cat. And, and says, hey, you cool? Hey, let's go get some lunch. Right. Hey, you know, I really love that record that you played on. So I so, said, what, 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 what kind of brushes were you using? What kind of horn was you using? Man, I went out and I got this mouthpiece because I saw that on the photo. You had that mouthpiece. Right. And I want to have that mouthpiece too. Yes. You, you never know what I could, that could do for them. Um, I'm probably dumping a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. This is all good. Ste- so- i sorry. <laughs> Study the records. Transcribe as much as possible. Um." Very, very fortunate and very, very, very blessed to um, not just play but sing. And singing was very, very helpful to me coming up because I, if I could hear it, I could try to sing it. And if I could sing it, I would try to play it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the best voice in the world or you could have the best voice in the world. You can have the biggest range, the smallest range. It don't matter. Study and use your ears. Understand how to get in touch with your instrument because playing is a spiritual thing, whether you like to agree with that or not. If you can hear it, and you could feel it, and you could be able to put that into your instrument and speak it, that's it. That <laughs> you're, like, in the right direction. And and if you're able to understand and, and, and hear the information and study it and be able to develop and add on to it, then you're, you're making progress. You're really, you know, making some progress. So those are a few things I would just say.
1: Man, <laughs> wow, so much information, so like what kind of challenges have you faced so far that uh, that you've had to overcome to get where you are?
0: being a woman um sometimes when you're you're working with uh people sometimes when you're you're, you're traveling and, and working with other the cultures, you have to understand and be sensitive to what how things are done or how mm-hmm. how things are spoken and Learn how to be a little open and transparent and and trying to understand people because in certain parts of the world, um, they might not deal with you on the same level because you're not a man. And sometimes when it comes to business, (laughs) that part, it can get kind of interesting.
1: So what do you do in, in those situations?
0: Well, first off, you have to know exactly what you want. And you have to do your research and know what it's supposed to be, what your standards should be, talk and reach out to mentors, um, people who've done this before, have an open relationship so that you're able to understand and figure out for yourself what works for you. So that when the time comes and you're being presented something, you're able to politely but at the same time firmly and say, say, hey, you know, this is, you know, I would love to work with you how can we work together this is this is where you know i stand and where do you stand okay well how can we come in, to an agreement and make this work um sometimes it gets a little challenging cuz you have to understand and not take it personally you have to understand this business is um a beautiful business because you get to share and play but also at the same time there's a part of it that's nothing to do with playing that has to do with you as a person, your integrity, what you stand for, what you will not stand for, and being able to understand how to communicate with people. Mm -hmm. Communication is so important. (laughs) The older (laughs) I get, the more I realize it is so true. That's the one thing that will never change. And being able to have relationships with people and being able to effectively communicate what it is that you want, what it is that you stand for, and come to agreement. And sometimes you might not come to an agreement. Right. And you have to be cool with being able to say, hey, you know what? I disagree with you, but it's cool. I I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll st- still love you. I still work with you. And knowing how to maneuver those dynamics. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, sometimes, we can spend so much time just being on the bandstand that we don't know how to deal with people. And when it comes to working out business, you have to understand people. people yeah. You can't come into a situation where you got to understand me. No, well, that's nice too. But you have to To get to that point, you have to understand the other side, too, and be able to work consciously keeping that in mind, but also at the same time respecting them, but having them also understand and respect
1: you. Right. I want to switch gears. Sure. I want to talk about young Camille coming up. <laughs> what was what was that like like what were your influences and like you know singing and you were you said before you mm-hmm. sang in church, and yeah, and like was your mother singing? like tell me about everybody? I want to know your whole life? Well,
0: story. I grew up in a place called St Albans, Queens, which actually happens to be a historic place where a lot of jazz musicians and uh African American entertainers live James okay. Brown, illinois Jacquet, Ella Fitzgerald, Count Basie, Milt Hinton. Frank West, you name it. Um, I think even by the Van Wick, there's some signs now where you can see where the musicians live like Charles Mingus and oh, wow. uh, Lester Young. There's a lot of history there. Wow, okay. Yeah, I grew up there and my mother, she at the time when I was four, was studying to complete her master's and she was doing something on storytelling because she was studying Bear Rabbit stories and whatnot and Also looking at uh, hip hop and, you know, how they use improvisation with words without instruments, but using the rhythms of, you know, the, the beat and the rhythm that they would come up with themselves and also using storytelling with the words and rhythm. And she was finding that, you know, there's a parallel to improvisation and scatting and jazz and it all comes from there and she was doing this big old project and while she was doing it she was playing a lot of music at the house okay <laughs> she was playing a lot of duke okay she was playing a lot of um louis armstrong she was also introducing me to the international Sweethearts of rhythm which was one of the f- one of the early um all-female international bands uh. and As I was kind of playing with my toys or whatever, I guess I was absorbing all of this. And um, I was still singing as a kid, but I didn't pick up the instrument until I was 12. I played the flute. That was a funny story, too. I wanted to play trumpet. But he had already too many trumpets in the band, so Mr. Archer was like, "Well, here's a trombone," and that (laughs) didn't work out after the first. Thank God. Day. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't too cool with the spitball that came out from it, and I gave it back to him, and he reluctantly gave me a flute. And then once he told me the same fingerings for flute can, you know, work out for the sax and clarinet, I was on it. Um. And Mr. Archer was very supportive because he gave me an opportunity to audition for um, a summer camp in Queens at Queens College. And that was when I first got introduced really to jazz and playing Mm -hmm. an instrument. I heard it, but I didn't, you know, put two and two together. And that's the first time I ever heard Dexter Gordon, second balcony, jump and go. And I fell in love with the tenor. Wow. Because okay. before that was a fight too. I didn't want to play tenor because <laughs> oh. I thought it was a stinky instrument. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, the story was I played alto, and the only reason why I was going to get into the camp was um, if I played tenor because they had 50 billion alto players. Okay. And I came home. I was really sad because I was like, I'm going to play alto. I don't, play tenor. I don't even <laughs> know where I'm going to get tenor from. And my aunt was like, I got one upstairs in my closet. Oh. And I'm like, what you talking about? <laughs> and
1: the universe conspired.
0: Yeah. And my aunt's like, you better go check out that horn. We have a horn up in the closet. And it was like one of those fairy tale stories of the lion, witch, and the wardrobe, but for jazz musicians. And right. climbing up the stairs, rickety, it's all dark, the sunlight's coming out of that one room. Right, right, Crack open the door, go into the closet, and bam, you see a 1967 Selmer Mark VI tenor what?
1: in there. <laughs> You still have it?
0: I still have that horn till this day. Wow. I even had the receipt in that case too. Wow. The case was intact. There were uh, two link mouthpieces. Lord knows where they are by now. Okay. <laughs> I wish I knew when I was 12 what they were. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got the instrument there and I went to camp and got exposed to uh, Sonny Rollins and Dexter Gordon, Charles Mingus and... I was able to get the support and push to continue and go into high school. And that's when I started doubling. I wasn't singing because I was dealing with my own inner conflict of understanding, I guess, who I who I was and what I'm trying to do because I'm a girl. Okay. But I'm an African-American girl playing an instrument that is not a, guy, a girl's instrument. And then also dealing with, you know, some sexism from the young guys. Right, of course. Because... They're like, "You suck, sit down, you're not gonna take that solo, and you're like,
2: oh, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do? Right, right, right. <laughs>
0: you're scared and whatnot, but um, I continued, and i was I was very grateful to have um Bob Stewart as um my high school teacher during that time, and he made a way for me to play, mm-hmm. you know he was like, No, you're gonna play, and he treated everybody with the same respect. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to treat you great because you can play, and I'm going to treat you like crap and act like you don't exist because you don't play. Right. Because there was some of that going on, too. Okay. And he even found a way for us to get lessons of students that didn't have money. Wow. Where Our parents weren't sending us to preparatory school on the weekends or whatever for music. He found a way in the school budget to put that money aside and bring in real musicians from New York City to show us. This is how you play. This is how you set up. This is how you take care of your instrument. This is how you articulate. All that basic stuff that I didn't get mm-hmm. because, you know, my mom, she was doing the best that she could as a single mom, and I was fortunate to be able to get that from him. And I, once I left, I kind of didn't want to do music because I was a little kind of burned Okay. Uh, being in a performing arts school because I kind of felt like, well, I suck, but this is what I want to do. But the guy, my peers are telling me I suck. But then they're pitting me against the other girl because, well, she's cuter or she has blonde hair and she's white and I'm not and I'm black yeah, and I'm right. just short and whatever. And during that time, I, I fell in love with geology and I got into Binghamton University and somehow I found my way back into the music program there. Wow. And the teacher there at the time, Mike Carbone, he was like, "You need to be playing," and I was like, "Yeah, but I suck." I don't. I don't. He's like, "Says who?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I was kind of bullied, and I was always kind of pushed aside." And he was like, "Look, you just needed a place to work it out. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's nothing wrong with needing to work out your stuff. Everybody has to work out this stuff. Just because somebody works it out faster than you doesn't necessarily mean you don't have the right to work it out." Exactly. And you know, they might feel like they have it worked out, but the reality is, is that we're all growing. And there's periods of time when people might excel faster, and it might be a period where they might kind of decelerate and hang out for a minute. Right. So he gave me the space to work it out. Um, he brought up so many great, amazing musicians. He brought up Steve Davis, Tia Fuller, Sherry Miracle, Cynthia Scott, and so many. And I'm had the privilege of meeting them and talking with them. And each one of them, each semester was like, you need to come to New York and play. Right. And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, at the time my mom was kind of like, you need to be a school teacher. <laughs> you need to do what we do. <laughs> right. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I didn't have a great experience coming up playing. Cause I was kind of pushed out. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I didn't feel like I belonged. And, I didn't sing because I didn't want to be known as a singer. I wanted to play, but then at the same time, playing as a girl was kind of awkward, right? Because you weren't really accepted by the guys. Well, those particular guys. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And once I got out of um, college, I got in touch with all of those great musicians, and one of them being Tia Fuller. She was like, "Girl, come on, come, come come on! You can hang out with me. You can, you know." learn ask questions whatever you need and the first year or so i i really hung out with her a lot and she became like a big sister because i was able to learn about the business i was able right. to learn how how to put together an album i was also lear- learning how to compose her sister shami was amazing because you know she was a great composer and i was learning from her just from listening to her compositions and then you know, following, hanging out with them at the gigs. Learning how to talk to people, not to be shy. Right, right, right. Learning how to sell the record, you know. But also, at the same time, create new friends. Create a relationship with the people that you're performing with. Mm-hmm. And all of these great things I was just fortunate to absorb. I ended up um, working with Charlie Persip. He... <laughs> I learned a lot working with him. And I'm very grateful for working with him because he put some fire underneath my behind oh, playing yeah. them tempos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and all them tunes, it changes. And Valley Panamara, too, he gave me an opportunity to you know, to play, but also to sing and be comfortable with being a singer.
1: Oh, so that's when later you finally get to the Much, singer.
0: much later. Because yeah. I was fighting myself for a long time. I didn't want to just be easily accepted as mm-hmm. a vocalist. But then also at the same time, I respected many vocalists and my thing was if you're going to do it, you need to do it 100%. Right. Don't tip your toes in there and play around with it. Right. If you're going to sing, sing. If you're going to play, play. And I didn't think I could do both because um, I just was scared. And But you did it. I did it. I did it with the encouragement of a lot of great um, mentors and friends and teachers and they showed a side of me that I for so long was kind of like putting underneath their rug they they taught me to understand it and embrace it and appreciate it
1: now do we have a cut of you singing i do great
2: <laughs> this is you on flute yeah <laughs>
1: Now, y'all know I usually only play thirty seconds, but that was so good. <laughs> Had to get, had to let that one play. <laughs> now, y'all better go buy this record. Where can they get this record at? They
0: can get it on iTunes and CD Baby.
1: <laughs> iTunes and CD Baby, Camille Thurman. Check it out. Now, you have a website. I do. What's your web address?
0: It's uh, www.camillethermanmusic.com. And you can see where we'll be performing and all the great stuff that we're doing with education and performances and travel and all that.
1: There it is. I'll put all of that in the link in the <laughs> description and y'all can hit that click that button by the record.
0: And join the newsletter too.
1: Join the newsletter so she can email you every day and say hello. <laughs> maybe not every day, but <laughs> maybe once a month. <laughs> so since we listened to this song, it, it mm-hmm. feels it's making me feel like I'm back in Brazil. Ah. You know, what <laughs> I'm saying? so like, what lessons have you learned through from traveling around the world?
0: Well, well, I got to say this this song I wrote and I never even went to Brazil at the time Um, I was in a situation where it was really kind of rough personally and I was like man how am I gonna like get out of this and my it just came to me to just write Mm. and I love bebop, I love Ella Fitzgerald I love Dizzy Gillespie but then I also love Brazilian music and I love, you know, the richness that, you know, we have in African-American music, the soulfulness and the beauty. And I wanted to find a way to fuse those things together. And I sat on the floor just like writing this out in one setting. And something told me, call it in due time because things happen in due time. And at that situation, it's like in due time, it's going to get better. So that's in due time. But, yeah, I love Hoboom, I love Rose Apostles. I love Elisa Regina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: listen, hearing that we can tell. We can tell for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yo, let's close things. I want I want always ask everybody that comes on the show this one question. Okay. And, and I I'm so excited to hear your answer to this question. Like, what are you most thankful for and why?
0: I'm most thankful for the privilege and opportunity of getting to work with so many amazing, awesome musicians but also meeting amazingly great people. Um, Right now, I'm finishing up an awesome project with this incredible drummer, Daryl Green. And we're we're collaborating together with his trio doing a tribute to Horace Silver. Oh, nice. And we're taking a bunch of pieces from um, the 70s and 80s from the albums that he did on Blue Note as well as uh, his own label, Silvetto. Yeah, he had his own label in the 70s. And uh, we're paying a tribute to this amazing man and his, his music who I feel he needs to give more props because sure. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a legend. Um, I'm thankful for being able to learn from great masters like Antoine Roney, George Coleman, um, even Dee Dee Bridgewater having opportunities to, to work with them, but also at the same time, have knowledge shared with me and 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 their experiences and and their understandings of what they were able to take out of life and 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 playing and not just playing but also personally yeah because you'll find on this journey whether you play music or you're, you're a lawyer or whatever when you're doing what you love you're finding yourself too you're not just you know, playing music all day, or just studying to be a lawyer, or studying to be a scientist. You, 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 you as a person are evolving and developing. And talking to somebody who's been there and done that is 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 so important. And I'm I'm thankful to have had the privilege to get that kind of insight because wow. it it helps you not only as a musician but helps you as a person.
1: Man, listen, Camille giving y'all too much today. I'm not even joking, <laughs> <laughs> yo. Thank you for coming on the Working Artist Project. And, uh, you know, we got to get you back <laughs> on it, you know, one day and see, see what I'm happens. I'm
0: down, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely down.
1: Cool. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Working Artists Project. Before you go, I need you to do a few more things. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on iTunes and Facebook. I would love to connect with each and every one of you. It would also be awesome if you guys could check out my Patreon page. The link will be in the description. Each week, I will recognize one of my patrons at the end of this podcast. This week, we have Mr. Ray Douglas. If you want to find out how to get your name called, click the link below. Become a patron. I'll catch you guys later. Peace.